0: This is Club health thanks for coming kids. Sit. Come on. Hello this is notes from the back row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rise, hell runs and so much more. So strap in. For a veritable cinematic on the island of the mine Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams. So strap
1: in for a veritable cinematic on the island of the mind. Hi, what's up? You're listening to notes from the back row. Uh, My name is Carlo, and I am here with
0: Jenna. Sorry, that
1: was very okay. dramatic. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you need to react to my cues. I know there's no vis- visual cues, but still. <laughs> so, Jenna, what's up?
0: <laughs> just hanging, oh. you know, just casually sitting here with all this recording gear and a laptop.
1: Nice. How did you like your assignments that I gave you?
0: <laughs> this was a good assignment. This was Carlos' payback. Yeah?
1: yeah yeah totally it's it's uh okay so to clarify this episode is kind of a follow-up to the jerry lewis episode we did which uh in which i enabled jenna to talk about jerry lewis movies because no one else was gonna at least not on our (laughs) podcast (laughs) so this time uh tables are turned jenna is going to enable me to talk about some movies your obsessions Um, Yeah, my obsession, my obsession for like the last year and a half specifically, I've just been getting really, really into Asian cinema. Uh, More specifically, like uh, last year, I must have watched like 100 Hong Kong movies, like Hong Kong action cinema, lots of that. And these days I'm watching more like Japanese 70s exploitation stuff, digging more into that. Um, So I picked a couple of those for you to watch. Uh, A couple that I thought were some of the best and specifically you were interested, we were talking about it a little bit uh, the other time, you were interested in in, like the female-led ones. Um, So I gave you the female prisoner scorpion movies out of Japan, uh, made you watch the first two and I also made you watch Heroic Trio, uh, which is... A Hong Kong movie from the '90s. So
0: and weirdly, it did definitely flowed pretty well in with these other films.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I tried to go for that a little bit, but you know, Japanese cinema and Hong Kong cinema—it's it's very different. The flow, though, um, like Hong Kong cinema is a lot more dynamic, and it, it also makes a little bit or like a lot less sense. I feel like Japanese movies, they have a, like, a more, like, the rhythm is just very different. Um, I don't know if you got that out of those, like... Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Because, like, Heroic Trio must have been, like, a little bit nonsensical. Like, not just to you, uh, coming to this for the first time, not really having seen a lot of, like, Hong Kong movies, but, like, I can recognize that those movies, like the the narrative uh, structure and and all that it it's just secondary
0: yeah so <laughs> <laughs> and we Get will talk it. about that <laughs> or or should we talk about it now I mean I'm kind of curious though before it is just like what what sparked this um, fascination on your half of, uh, about these Hong Kong movies which I'm yeah. actually surprised you said you've only watched 100 because in the last year you did qualify that with but yeah. Um, I feel like that's all you watch and it's and it's awesome because I've been uh, sort of peripherally learning about all mm. these things that I never knew existed and how especially the the amount um that exists. And yeah,
1: there's a lot.
0: <laughs> they all seem really crazy and fun. Yeah. So like what what was the deal there?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Like these movies uh it's kind of been a like a like eye opening to me because I did not grow up, grow up with these movies at all. Like uh, even stuff like Police Story, which is one of the most known Jackie Chan movies uh, that came out of Hong Kong. I saw that for the first time a couple of years ago maybe, and uh, it didn't really click with me on my first go. So I didn't really pursue like Hong Kong cinema after that. Uh, but then I think at a certain point, point i saw a michelle Yeoh movie michelle Yeoh, who's also in the heroic trio and that really sparked something in me like um just the way it was shot and the whole aesthetic i feel like a lot of like hong kong movies have this like uh especially when they're set in like modern day or like modern day in the 80s or the 90s have this very like like a color palette to them that's very distinct to hong kong which is like a very dense, uh, concrete jungle, you know, and that's something I'm very into, like very drawn to, uh, cause it almost feels like, um, especially where I live, uh, even in Belgium, maybe if you go to Brussels, that kind of like concrete jungle feeling, uh, it's just not present here. There's like just a lot more nature. Um, maybe that's also why I'm very attracted to movies that are set in New York City, I think it's that same kind of thing that I'm very uh, appeals to me you know and <laughs> it's yeah. funny I
0: think that's part of why some of the t- sometimes those movies don't appeal to me having grown yeah. up in those settings <laughs> yeah you're
1: so used to, to seeing that stuff so for me it's like a little bit escapism because always when I travel I want to go to those places like uh, I've been to New York City and to Toronto and uh, to Tokyo and, and all that stuff and I love those places uh, they have just this very interesting energy that I do not experience in my daily life where I live um, which is just uh, somewhere on the east side of Belgium with a in a city in a population of I don't know 60,000 maybe well it's probably a little bit more but still <laughs> you
0: gotta be the concrete jungle you want to see in life Carlo
1: uh, on my own as a person <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: that'll
1: be a little hard but i try to be
0: <laughs> just grow a little moss you know uh <laughs> throw a pizza around once in a while so it sounds a bit like it's also that you just um it, it has that kind of that live action cartoon thing that we were talking about oh with yeah those absolutely Jerry Lewis movies too with, yeah. you're talking about these color palettes which are fantastic in in all of these movies for sure mm.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm very drawn to like I'm a very visual person, uh, especially. So if those movies like, if they don't have a strong story or the, even the writing is not the best, I don't care. As long as I'm like being triggered visually, um, which those movies definitely do. Especially the Hong Kong movies, uh, they have just this dynamicness to them. Like at times it feels like it's all sped up which makes it feel very, um, a little bit unrealistic, almost even, you know, like that live action cartoon quality to it. Uh, it's all a bit crazy. Just it's, it's, it's all operating on a speed, like at 1.1 speed. And it's just enough to, uh, to trigger something in me that really, that I'm just super into. And It's not just that, it's like, uh, I've always been fascinated by like Asian culture in general, like I've studied Japanese for years and used to be really into manga and anime, Uh, sort of dropped out of that. But then when I started getting into movies, at first I just watched a lot of horror movies and stuff that I grew up with. But then I started discovering these um, especially Hong Kong movies.
0: Well, then I guess we should we should talk about maybe heroic trio first, since this was the I guess it, maybe and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. it wasn't this sort of the you know you're saying Hong Kong was the start of your obsession with these films. Yeah,
1: pretty much, yes.
0: And this was definitely the weirdest one.
1: <laughs> well, oh uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs>
0: plot summary
1: okay <laughs> I <dare> so, you. <laughs> so no look what i did was i copy pasted the plot summary because like thinking about this movie and the fact that i gave it to you i'm like fuck what was the plot of that movie again i remember some <laughs> shit of, with like babies and stuff and trying to rescue babies and this underground guy that they have to defeat but yeah so basically um the plot of heroic trio It's about an invisible woman who's kidnapping newborn babies who are destined to be emperors and delivering them to the mysterious, subterranean, supernatural evil master. Uh, The police are powerless and the city must be saved by three very different women who share a terrible past. That's the plot. (laughs) That's all there is to it. (laughs) And, well, that does ring a bell, so I guess, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean... this movie was nutty.
1: I know, it's it's dang nutty. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's, so like Hong Kong, I've seen a co- like literally like maybe two like yeah. Hong Kong movies. It's it's one of these uh parts of my cinematic knowledge that's woefully uh underrepresented. <laughs> like I definitely need to put more time into it. It's
1: it's a rabbit hole. <laughs>
0: But it was funny to watch this because you know, and you were even saying before, and like this this movie is totally erratic it it is mm, totally s- like edging on nonsensical, but it definitely has a plot, but like the the fun parts of it are definitely not the plot
1: <laughs> no, that's the thing with a lot of these Hong Kong movies. you're not watching them for the plot, it's there just so you can barely make sense of what's happening, but it's just it's just spectacle, it's just visual and frenetic and. It's just like it gets a physical reaction out of you, like at least with me uh, watching that kind of stuff, like uh, just like little fireworks in my eyeballs as I'm watching all the stuff unfold on screen and watching like Maggie Chun uh, light uh, a trash can and and ride it off into the air. (laughs) Like like, like all that shit's just normal, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, it was funny because um, Anita uh, Moy... Anita Moy? Is she the Pally one the who... She looks like the Bat Lady, right? Isn't she like Bruce yeah, Wayne's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's,
1: she's supposed to be like Wonder Woman. Um, you got Maggie Chung, who's like kind of like a Punisher uh, character who doesn't really seem like supernatural. Uh, I think her name's like Thief Catcher. Um, Michelle Yeoh is the Invisible Woman who's doing like... She's basically working for the, the like the bad guy at the start, but then things change.
0: And her theme is like yankee doodle dandy
1: is it i don't remember that
0: <laughs> it sounds a lot like it like um, it, it was the, there was a variation but i was like is this just yankee Doodle?
1: <laughs> like i won't hold it against them from like doing that kind of stuff but uh w- did you watch the dubbed or the sub version by the way because uh, i think
0: i only i think i i had the the dubbed version oh,
1: okay Okay, because sometimes they change up soundtracks as well. Like I know, uh, oh. I know, Miramax used to do that a bunch, and it, there's a there's a good chance that they uh, put out heroic trio, like you know, like Harvey Weinstein's butchery and all that. You know, that so, would. I mean,
0: like I I don't know why they would make that choice, but that would make sense.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, they made a lot of choices that. <laughs> I mean, the movie's nonsense anyway, so sure, why not? Like, I don't get too offended at that kind of stuff. Like, I watched, uh, like, a dubbed Jet Li movie, also the the Miramax version, I think it was, and the soundtrack's just, like, uh, hip-hop and R&B, and that's not the case in the original, but I was like, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> this movie's, like, it's not stripping the insanity of it uh i'm also like not really like especially with hong kong movies i'm not a stickler for dubs or subs or whatever uh whereas with like japanese stuff um it's a bit different because i have enough of an understanding of japanese that um that the language makes sense to me and when i'm listening to cantonese or mandarin it's like nothing really registers to me so I care less if I'm watching a dub or a sub, or I will watch the subtitle version if it's available, but if it's not, I don't care.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Well, it's mm-hmm. funny too, like sometimes with movies where the, you know, the movie dubbed it anyhow, even in their own language. So it yeah. doesn't really oh, yeah. matter.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's whatever, man. <laughs>
0: the thing that's, that really struck me about heroic trio though, is it was just, um, you know, for, for such a frenetically edited film, gravity doesn't work whatsoever i mean like every time there's like a baby like being stolen it always gets thrown like up in the air and then just falls out of the window for like five solid minutes Mm -hmm. like there's literally a scene where a baby has been thrown out of a window and they have time to think hmm which one should i catch (laughs) like and there's like you know people screaming it really is like the it's the you know the almost the parody of what you expect from a hong kong film which is what made it so glorious it was just like no this is just the point and like i have to give it to them they're completely consistent with that like (laughs) there is never a time when a baby is falling for for less than five minutes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you have to know where this these movies are coming from you know you've have you seen crouching tiger hidden dragon
0: yes i saw that in theaters but i haven't seen it like since
1: (laughs) well you know that there's a lot of like flying around with like wires and stuff in that movie and it's just because that's the way like in the 60s and 70s like those Shaw Brothers movies they were all about that like the wuja genre of movies it's all like gravity defying nonsense and what heroic trio kind of is is that but set in modern days and kind of a comic book spin to it. So the fact that none of that feels real is because it's it's just part of their movie culture basically.
0: <laughs> I mean it's a great way to to get in all this like extra fancy action.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean like
0: I, I totally get it. And and again yeah. because it's it's consistent it's it's fun but it's just it's really funny to like you know like you see like a baby falling for an hour and yet like know, everyone's still it's, frantic and you're like it's ah,
1: comical you but... got you got
0: another half hour to catch that,
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs> that that also feels like very anime you know like when totally. they would have these like tournament battles and people would just explain what's happening over like a 20 minute episode and this they, there's still wouldn't like it's like the the contestants would still be like flying in the air like or like doing a jump that lasts 20 minutes just enough time for someone to explain what's happening right <laughs> <laughs> that, ki- that kind of shit you know
0: <laughs> though there i will say that like this movie um for all of the there's like a lot of nonsense like i i, I like wrote down some lines that i thought were just like uh, like it goes back to how there, there is no real plot here but like yeah there there the, the line where um whose boyfriend was it who is like stuck behind glass
1: um that's probably michelle Yeoh's character, character yeah feel. i think yeah. it was yeah. yeah
0: that's right it was michelle Yeoh, and then and he sits there and he's like my research has exposed me to poison from invisible fibers and you're like i don't oh, know yeah. <laughs> i don't know what that means <laughs> like i don't know and then everyone's very upset about it but that's what was great it was like you know and and that's like something i love in movies anyhow i mean like i love all these surrealist movies because i love yeah. i love when when it's just like like no this like number one here's like all babies will fall for an hour uh, invisible fibers will poison you due yeah. to having read about them and, and having done some research, like, you know, like, great. All right. That's, <laughs> that's the logic. Yeah. Like, sure, I'm that's, down. Like, let's yeah, do it. I mean,
1: I mean, those movies, they just make their own rules, but they stick to those rules. So then, then it works.
0: There's a motorcycle that spins in the air sideways and then a guy <laughs> sure. breaks it apart with his bare hands. <laughs>
1: so that was great as one does you know? yeah
0: exactly as one does <laughs> but also they kill a baby in this movie
1: <laughs> yeah i don't remember that but that's very possible they uh a
0: baby falls they, on a nail they
1: don't care yeah they don't care uh <laughs> it's not like an american movies where that kind of thing is just not done <laughs> uh, well she like
0: like the baby falls for an hour it falls mm. on a, a nail and then she brings it to the doctor like really quick by the way like the second yeah. they catch that baby, they're moving real fast. But when it's falling, yeah. you got all the time in the world. <laughs>
1: you got all the time, yeah. Because <laughs> it's falling. Time doesn't <laughs> like continue in the air, you know, like once you're midair, time just stops. So uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, we all know this from college. Yeah. And this then this is all
1: fact <laughs> and science.
0: And then she brings it to the doctor and then the doctor rushes over and he's like, Don't worry, I got this. And then thirty seconds later he's like, The baby's dead.
1: <laughs> you're like, What
0: the hell? <laughs> It's it like a lot of a lot of uh, ups and downs there.
1: Yeah, this this movie is kind of like uh, a pretty big deal in terms of its ensemble. Like uh, those three ladies: uh, Anita Mui, Maggie Chung and Michelle Yeoh. That's like Hong Kong royalty right there. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, any of them. Like Michelle Yeoh is probably the most known name. Yeah, I would assume. But uh so Anita Mui, she uh I don't think she's ever like been very known outside of Hong Kong or like I should say Asia because uh she was mostly a canto pop singer in in in, in Hong Kong. Um uh, but she was pretty big. She was like, you know, like basically Chinese Madonna over there. And she she had starred in about like 40 or so movies and she's been really good in every movie i've seen in her uh her in like she uh acted opposite jackie chan in a couple of his movies like legend of drunken master and rumble in the bronx uh but she passed away like at the age of 40 Jeez. Um, yeah in 2003 uh cervical cancer Aww. so yeah that's that's really too bad because she was like she has a really strong screen presence and yeah uh maggie chung does i don't think have have you seen like um probably your most famous movie uh is in the mood for love by wong kar wai
0: yeah i saw that
1: okay there you go that's maggie chung (laughs) Um, well you
0: know i I know these women um because i i read all your articles (laughs) okay
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, Maggie, Maggie Chung specifically, oh, is probably one of my favorite actresses in Hong Kong. Uh, she just has this something she was great this. to her. Yeah, she's, she's great in everything. Like when she started out, she used to be kind of typecast as this like uh, weak, helpless girl. But then she really tried to challenge her in terms of the roles she would do. So she really changed it up uh, over time. And then um, she married a French director, Olivier Asayas. And uh, she did uh, Irma Vep and Clean uh, with him. And for Clean, she even became like the first uh, Asian actress to win a prize at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And and also, she's she's like a polyglot. Uh, Like she grew up in Hong Kong and england and lived in paris for 10 years so she speaks like six languages Jeez. fluently yeah she's pretty impressive uh to be honest but then at a certain point she just like she's not acting anymore she just had enough of all that and i don't know when feels like a long time since i've seen a movie with her Um uh, michelle yo uh kind of a resurgence right now Going on around her. She did like crazy rich Asians. And uh, I think she's even going to be like the captain. Of a new Star Trek series. Is the last I heard. um, Which is pretty cool. But yeah she started in Hong Kong. Kind of like a counterpart to Jackie Chan. Like uh, at the very beginning. I think like the. Not the movie I mentioned before. Royal Warriors. But that's a sequel to another movie. That basically started like the whole girls with guns uh thing that i did an article about as well and then after like i don't know three four years she got married to the guy who was basically producing all of those movies a guy called dixon poon i'm not kidding about that name <laughs> <laughs> and she just stopped doing movies for a while which just happened a lot like these ladies get married and then for some reason they stopped doing movies. Uh exactly well, I I like
0: the... a lot of cultural pressure in like Japan Yeah, and they get
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh but then after a couple of years they got divorced again and she got back into doing movies. Good. And then <laughs> yeah, and then she did like James Bond movie, and then she did Crouching Tiger, and like I said, now there's kind of a resurgence as well. She's showing up in more and more stuff. Um, which is pretty cool. And like all of these ladies they did like martial arts stuff uh probably Maggie Chung not as much but I know Anita Mui did some stuff and Michelle Yeoh especially but none of them like even for this movie Heroic Trio which okay it has a lot of like wire work and you know like practical effects but none of them have ever like been trained in martial arts Uh which is another thing you see a lot with these uh women doing martial arts movies but a lot of the time they do have like training in ballet or like dance or stuff so they kind of have like uh a base to build uh like that stuff on uh it's it's not a thing you only see in asia like uh, it reminded me of like shirley MacLaine, who was a dancer before she became an actress right. uh, but i had to stop dancing so you know yeah
0: the best part of this movie was definitely when the three of them finally come together and, and oh yeah totally you know are like an awesome i mean it's this movie kind of felt like a it felt more marvel to me even than than oh, manga yeah, yeah. anime it felt very like especially for the 90s it feels super 90s comic book mm-hmm. uh and when they all get together and they uh you know they battle this like I, like that's why i couldn't figure out who the bad guy i mean like <laughs>
1: <laughs> well this is like the evil underground emperor but then yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at a certain point they're battling like a like a skeleton even um, yeah i
0: like that skeleton
1: that's so dope
0: <laughs> that guy was good
1: i don't remember why there was a skeleton but i do remember a skeleton i'm like okay that's an exostar right there just a skeleton
0: <laughs> I, I one of my I'm notes for this way. movie just says skeleton out of the flames a plus <laughs> plus plus
1: well there you go couldn't have said it better. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Well, but so, in comparison, then I guess the in the scorpion movies now, and, and this was in the seventies. They both came out the same year.
1: Uh, yeah, that happened a lot in the seventies. Like they would just put out a movie, and then in the same year, just keep on filming, and sometimes put or put out like two or three sequels in the same year.
0: So, did, so was this like? Like, you're saying they didn't stop filming? (laughs) Like, how did that that work? Like, if it had the first one not done well, would they still have done the second? Do you know anything about that?
1: Well, I'm not sure if they were, like, direct, like, shoots. uh, Like, if they literally didn't stop filming. But there can not have been, like, a lot of downtime. Like, I know there's this other series of movies that I recently watched with Sonny Chiba called The Street Fighter. And that's three movies all came out in 1974 huh. so did they like wait around to see if the first one was a success um they kind of waited around for a long time for that i don't believe that but maybe with female prisoner scorpion it's a little bit different because it's only two movies in one year but still it's two movies in one year <laughs> that's even for a cheap exploitation movie and this one doesn't look as cheap as the other ones. There's a lot more going on in these movies. It's kind of it's it's kind of hard to buy though. Uh yeah.
0: According to IMDB, the first one came out in August and the, the mm. last one came out December thirtieth. Yeah. And that's I mean not a lot of time in between. No. And and funny enough, I mean and you have the same director uh and the same um star, at least. Yeah, yeah. And for the
1: first three yeah the third one same thing
0: yeah which is uh, shunya ito is the director shunya
1: ito yeah that's the guy
0: and um and miko kaiji i guess is is female prisoner scorpion <laughs> yeah matsu miko Ga- her me- name? Me-
1: yeah uh she plays Nam- nami is her name oh, okay. which is a, which is a name she dons in a couple of other movies as well like i watched uh a couple of other Makokaji movies the other day called Wandering Ginza Butterfly. And her name's just Nami in those as well for some reason. Um, and they came out, like, I think before Female Prisoner Scorpion. I don't know. It's, it, it feels like just like this alter ego character that's not necessarily the same in all of these movies, but yeah, it's just weird that that name just pops up again.
0: So how do you, do you, you want to sum up these movies too? I mean, like, there's not too much plot. <laughs>
1: Uh, No, not really. I mean, this is like the uh, women in in prison genre, uh, which is classic exploitation, really. like i said called nami um she kind of like uh gets betrayed and sold out by the guy uh she's she's dating i i believe um but the guy like i said so, so um, sells her out aiming to win favor with the yakuza so then she tries to stab him and it fails and this all happens like in front of the police headquarters and then she just gets locked up and that's basically where most of these movies take place um or at least at the start where they start out uh, yeah in a horrible over- prison yeah totally uh it's it's a very seedy women's prison run by some of the worst examples of the lesser sex <laughs> <laughs> by which i mean men of course <laughs> uh especially in, in these movies yeah
0: yeah, there's all the men are creeps. Like, and, oh yeah, and like when I say creep, that's like a nice version for like rapist,
1: torturer, S- scum of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, but they do get their comeuppance, uh, so that's good.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, these were weird movies. I mean, the, so like the first one, female mm. prisoner number seven zero one, Scorpion, yes. the official <laughs> full name. um in english and uh yeah the first one feels very sleazy it feels very much like a prison exploitation film yeah uh it's a lot of like i mean like everything is just like you know concrete like moist concrete yeah (laughs) it's just like the most like horrible setting um there's like all these women that are walking that like you know they all look like bruisers of women you know they're real yeah. nasty looking and and they're all naked and they're being like you know marched through at this disgusting prison and yeah and then you have these well, creepy it's prison men. you know
1: it's it's not a nice place oh yeah no and, and these creepy
0: men who are all like you know like l- sort of lusting after them while they're torturing yeah. them i mean like it's really like it's the definition of what you would expect from an exploitation movie for sure oh yeah
1: yeah totally
0: but it is interesting so and it's interesting too. i think how the first one considering they came out in the same year the first one feels really different from the second one even though there's a very clear thread like the first one feels way sleazier to me than the second one
1: yeah that might be so because the second one doesn't really take place in the prison a lot the first one it's almost it's like 90 percent prison second one's more like a prison breakup movie and they get up like at the start and then it's just like a bunch of prisoners on the road among which prisoner scorpion sasori as she's known in japanese but yeah i i totally get that these movies are sleazy but then again if you think these movies are sleazy (laughs) I I would not recommend you venture further into like the seventies exploitation stuff because there are movies that are sleazier and they do not have the like the artistic merit that the scorpion movies have. Like there's none of that like fancy, you know, like uh, the way Shunya Ito manipulates camera uh, and like sets and everything and colors and stuff. Uh, there's like. The only movies that I've seen that shit in are these movies. So, yeah.
0: It reminded me so much of of Giallo films. And I mean, this is roughly the same time as, you know, you get all of the like the the best of Giallo. I mean, I I know Giallo is one of those that's like probably more of a genre film that I can say I've seen more of. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm definitely not an expert. But I would be very curious to know if there was any direct connection between because these movies, especially the way that they have like, as you say, they have this wonderful artistic direction in both of them. Yeah. That like without that, I don't think these movies would be terribly memorable. But because they're shot in such a like a cool way, and especially the second one, but the the first one, like, you know, they have these wonderful scenes where um, you know, there's just using different gels over lights, having this, you know, being lit uh, in like yellow and red or like blue mm. and green, like these very like bright and um, contrasting colors uh, to, to express emotion, which is, which, and, and then also they have this sort of stage play thing where, you know, you see yeah. the, the set literally break apart and, and move the way that you would see it happening on a stage. Yeah. So it was really cool to see uh, all of that and how that that fit in with this, you know, like there's these, because like the plot's terrible. I mean, it's all of like her (laughs) getting like raped and tortured or, you know, people uh, spilling like hot miso soup on her as she's like rotting in the bottom of a... (laughs) Go sell or something horrible yeah yeah it was great to see these like great moments of of her rage sort of bubbling up i mean yeah number one like um miko kaiji is awesome
1: oh yeah like she's she's so good <laughs> she's so good in these movies but uh i like i said i've seen a couple of her movies the last couple of weeks um i've also seen lady snowball for the first time which has been a long time coming. Where she kind of plays like her demeanor is similar, and that her em, like her emotional state is just vengeful, and that's kind of all there is to it. But I've seen a couple of movies where she really like acts, and she's a really good actress, and she's just like very vibrant, and like when she smiles she she lights up the screen, and you know when she's allowed to demonstrate these other emotions, she really she really shines, you know. And that's like, you just get one side of her in the, in the female prisoner movies, but even that one side is, she just nails it. Uh, Yeah. She's great.
0: Or it's Mako, right? Is that, how do you pronounce it? Mako. Yeah. Sorry. Mako
1: (laughs) Uh, Kaji. Yeah.
0: There's the, actually the, one of the best scenes in that movie, um. For for me funny enough is the the actual rape scene of when she gets betrayed by her boyfriend who basically leads her in to get gang raped uh which is typically something that I can't stand to watch on screen because it's such a cliche at this point and it's such a yeah. bummer. but the way that this was shot, I actually thought was considering the fact that this is an exploitation movie and it is it is exploitive like you know it's yeah. it's definitely I wouldn't point to this and say it was feminist at all, but um
1: yeah, this this. I know some people do like like at some points you think it is, but then it's still like an ex- like you say an exploitation movie directed by a dude, so yeah, and that shows
0: it definitely does i but but that rape scene is shot, basically it's shot uh, they have the actress on on glass, so you're sort of yeah. looking up oh, from yeah. from yeah, below yeah. the 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 ground up at her, so what you're seeing is you're seeing her anguished face. It actually, there wasn't too much nudity. Like, I thought that... It, I've seen worse uh, in, in more... Um, uh, I don't... Like, you know, those... I hate when they do rape scenes, especially in the 70s does this all the time, where it's, like, yeah. this sort of, like, winkingly, like, here you go, man. Like, here's some fun yeah. bits. But... You know, this this felt more like what you actually are focusing on is all of these pawing hands and these really creepy men. Yeah. Like you see her body, but it doesn't focus on her body. You actually it focuses more on her her face crying and the and the faces of these evil yeah. men raping her. Which totally. Which was actually I thought really effective uh, way to to make this actually a horrific moment in in a in a sea of really horrific
1: moments in this whole mm, movie. Totally.
0: And so I thought that was actually really well done.
1: Yeah. And again, that's what I've been saying about, like, don't venture ver- further into these movies because um, I've seen a couple of others uh, just recently by a director called Norifumi Suzuki. And he's a guy who leans very much into, like, this exploitation aspect in, like, a completely shameless way. And even though I think this guy is like a talented director, he has a strong sense of pace and pathos, and he just knows how to make a movie entertaining. But then there's stuff in those movies like uh, two guys raping a nun, and it's played for for a laugh because she supposedly had it coming because she's supposed to be like this evil nun or whatever, but it feels very, very uh, not okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. Like I said, uh, the movies I gave you, they're tame. <laughs> they're like, I i can sort of recommend them to pretty much anyone, so yeah.
0: The the one thing on that first movie though uh, that really made me laugh is in like the yeah. first like five minutes there is a scene where she's breaking out of prison and they're trying to catch her and she broke yeah. out with someone else and, and like halfway through this chase through like reeds with dogs and, and cops yeah. like descending. The other girl just goes like, "Ugh, my period, (laughs) like falls over."
1: (laughs) Oh fuck! Which is
0: which is literally a thirty rock joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do remember like that first. Girl, just like the other girl, just tapping out for some reason. But I didn't remember as well. it was for, that, <laughs> yeah. for, for that bullshit. But,
0: that was, actually, I mean, it was hilarious. Like I can't lie. But I will say that uh, in times of stress, usually it's the opposite. You don't actually get your period. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this director won't know. <laughs> he definitely won't know.
0: Well, then in in the second film, in um, female prisoner Scorpion Jailhouse Forty One. The-
1: 군인
0: love the the very long complex names
1: of these films um oh yeah they, they do that a lot there's like uh they usually have like one title and then a subtitle especially when they're sequels like i just got this box set that's got like straight cat rock all like mako kaji movies but they all have like more subtitles to them so there's they all have these long ass titles <laughs>
0: I just, I love how there's like, and I know it's a, a part of this is just the translation of it, but it, how mm. it just is just shifting words around. Like, I expect mm. like the third one to be like 41 prisoner scorpion jailhouse female, you know?
1: <laughs> I, the third one is, I think, all female prisoner scorpion beast stable. Oh, all right. That's not too That's not too good. That's.
0: I mean, you know, <laughs> no. it could have been better.
1: Yeah. Totally, but the uh... the second
0: one starts off with a song about how uh having your period um should it should like alleviate like anger and like Mm. or something but it doesn't and i was like true
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay they learned like in the in the week that they had off (laughs) (laughs) they learned
0: (laughs) yeah it's like a song of revenge Uh, The second one's awesome, actually. The second one was really... uh, I mean, it definitely amps up everything that was um, fun and artistic from the first one. Uh, It leaves a lot of the sleaze in, too. And it kind of loses me a little bit at the end. But this one felt super giallo to me. Like, even Mm -hmm. the music reminded me of Ennio Morricone, um, especially for his Few Dollars More soundtrack. But it's yeah. funny because Ennio Morricone was, was influenced by Yojimbo when he was doing all of his yeah. Sergio Leone movies. So it's like this almost full circle, like worlds collide. I don't know what's up or it what's is, down. Yeah. Like.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Shunye Ito, he's, he's gone on record saying like he's a big fan of like European cinema. So it's not uh, a coincidence. Okay. Yeah. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> like uh it's, it's also like the manga come to life qualities that these movies had that you've you've mentioned as well in in your reviews uh of these that i saw on letterboxd um like i kind of agree with that but i also t- kind of don't agree with that like it can be but not the manga this was based on because the manga this was based on is like a pretty it's not vibrant or dynamic at all like i've 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 seen the artwork and it's they like the director took a lot of liberties making these movies uh like like meiko kaji's character as well in the manga she just talks and she's basically a mute in the movies Mm. um but so yeah it it can be like a live action manga but not the manga it was based on and and that's interesting more often than not i feel like uh manga doesn't necessarily have this like vibrant and dynamic quality like you know the way this guy plays with color as well that's not something you can do in manga at all uh you can look at a manga and see that it's like very dynamic and you can translate that into like using colors so that's a way of doing it but
0: you know it reminded there, me there's
1: a lot of credit to this director,
0: oh yeah, no, he does a great job. i mean this definitely it feels unique for sure it definitely doesn't mm. doesn't feel derivative, even though it reminds me of giallo it it's definitely its own unique thing the yeah. The thing that reminded me of of manga was more just like that everything's shot on angles,
1: yeah, yeah and yeah, like yeah, just yeah. the
0: framing reminded me it's of true. of manga like That's true. you know or or that you get these um I yeah I, it was really about the framing i think yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> no i see that totally yeah
0: that and it, it reminded me too like some of the dialogue like there's this great um scene in this one where after the all of the women have run away um And then they like they kill all these guys in really creative ways there's like a Mm. like a tree through the guy's dick at some point
1: (laughs) yeah that's true
0: very 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 these like very argento colors like you know six years before suspiria even came out so it wasn't argento it was his but um they're they're talking about like there's this they meet this old probably
1: more like mario bava yeah bava that's sexy stuff yeah
0: i mean argento was making movies but not like but it reminded me of suspiria colors for sure Mm. but um that that old woman sings a song they like they meet this weird old woman and she sings about how these like all of these wicked women uh you know and what they're what they're guilty of and that was another thing it was like this really humanizing moment because they're singing about things like well she like killed a child but it was because you know her husband was torturing her and him or something i don't know like something where yeah. it's like okay like yeah you shouldn't kill a child <laughs> but like I, yeah. you know like i get it uh, you know like or, or like or, <laughs> this person was in an abusive relationship and then killed her you know boyfriend or whatever and it was like yeah all right you know fine. <laughs> which it, and then it started to remind me of chicago i don't know if you've <laughs>
1: It. i've never seen that it, no
0: it's just no, there's a song um, where it, there's like a part where it's like and then he ran into my knife he ran into my knife 10 <laughs> times you know
1: like he had <laughs> okay, it yeah. coming
0: like that's kind of what this was like like all these women are, are they're they're sympathetic for for what they are but they're also like bad women
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I still need to see a couple of these movies like the female prisoner scorpion series it was pretty pretty successful there's like um like i said i've seen the first three because they all star meiko kaji and directed by shunya ito but the first the fourth one uh still has meiko kaji but it's a different director so i haven't seen that yet and then i think a couple years later or maybe just one year later that's just the way they they rebooted it and then made two more movies called new female prisoner scorpion uh, with a different actress and just like a completely new cast. Um I haven't seen any of those, but I probably will. Like I don't expect them to ever reach the levels of the first two, well especially second one. Uh it's definitely my favorite, but I'm just curious and about this whole like era of filmmaking in Japan. Because yeah, I don't know. I'm just interested in exploitation cinema in general and like, I also don't enjoy it when it gets too mean and sleazy. So those are... Well, I still watch them. They just end up being ones I don't rate as highly. But then the ones I do like, I I really, really like.
0: Part of why, like, watching Jalo films is fun, even though those are those get insanely <laughs> sleazy
1: oh yeah but totally, you know <laughs> part part
0: of why it be, it's fun is that you get these low budget things and seeing how people worked with that to still make something creepy yeah. or how they how yeah. they managed to you know get this vision across or or do something artistic with, with such a limited you know budget or, or palette or you know yeah
1: there's often times there's like real talent behind the camera but they're just working in spaces where they're allowed to work you know like they don't necessarily all get like their big breaks in hollywood you know (laughs) especially like uh european cinema like if you like making horror movies you're kind of almost back in those days they expected you to be a little bit like sleaze it up and i'm sure a lot of them didn't mind doing it but i'm sure there must have been some that were like yeah that's not my favorite thing to put in a movie but what the audience expects from us, and I'm sure they had like studio contracts that pretty much re- required that kind of content. I know, especially like uh, the the female prisoners' copy movies. Um, they were done by a studio called Toy, and I've seen like like I don't know like 20 Toy movies in the last couple of weeks. Uh, all in that genre, all like pumped out really quick. And they all have kind of the same formula, same kind of content. Some a little bit more tame, some a little bit more mean, but yeah, that just goes with the territory.
0: Um I was I was impressed that they made a reference to like the rape of Nanking in the second movie.
1: I don't remember the, that. the old guy it's... in the
0: tourist bus, he talks about like, yeah. yeah, I was over in China and like I used to you know, in the yeah. in the war and yeah. like, you know, I went and like you know you could just take those women and have your way or whatever and like they're yeah. they're all talking about that and i was like oh that's that's interesting because that's some shit that nationalists in japan are still trying to deny ever took place
1: yeah that's like the, a major
0: sticking point so it was kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting to see a japanese movie
1: own it but well yeah that's the thing with this director though he's a he's a fucking rebel like uh i don't think the studio really like working with him because he very much has his own uh, agenda and like nationalism is a very touchy thing uh there's a lot of like subliminal subliminal stuff in his uh in his movies as well like after the first three prisoner scorpion movies i think his contract also ran out and it was like fuck it i'm done here uh done working uh for this uh <laughs> sleazy studio so yeah that's that's why oh
0: wow yeah That makes me that actually makes me feel more positive about these movies.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well then I'm glad you mentioned it, so (laughs) I could uh set the record a little bit more straight, I guess. Yeah, it's just
0: it's you know, you don't (laughs) never know what people's intentions are. You can only yeah so much sometimes.
1: There's uh I have this Blu ray set that has these four first uh prisoner scorpion movies and there's a bunch of interviews with him on it and that taught me a lot about these movies as well like uh did a bunch of research when i was doing my article so the more you know
0: nice yeah these these were these were fun i'm glad i watched them like
1: Mm. there's
0: definitely especially these these prisoner scorpion movies they 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 feel like they have that the duality where they're they're almost apologizing Mm. but they're also hardcore indulging Yeah. so it is funny like it makes you wonder if perhaps that there was this sort of like you know well, where's the sex put the sex in kind yeah. of like producer or studio behind it um, i'm sure it was that way yeah. yeah and then like having to have these little moments because in both of these i mean there are the, there are really nice moments where you get some like character building but then again like yeah. the most fun parts too are really when you get these women having having their revenge
1: yeah totally like i
0: i'm not too into like you know the the, he does especially in the second one there's a lot of this sort of woman on woman uh Hmm. sex and fighting which is not it's just not fun because it's like you know punching down you know it's like no yeah yeah yeah. kill all these other guys
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) like that's the fun of it but yeah i mean i kind of warned you about these movies beforehand like it's it's women in prison it's exploitation uh it's gonna be that kind of stuff in it but i i still feel, felt comfortable enough like making you hutchin uh i knew you weren't gonna be like into them at the level that i'm into them because we just approach movies in a very different way i feel like uh i know you've said before that like there's no way for you to evaluate a movie without being critical about it at the same time like just based on that whereas myself i'm probably like the worst movie critic (laughs) there is because like even when a movie has flaws that like bug me unless they're too big like if the positive outweighs the negative i just i just go fuck it i have a lot more patience and like I just don't care. Like I actively ignore minor flaws as long as I'm getting like uh, like a strong reaction out of something. And like I get to a point where I just don't want to be critical. I just go fuck it. I really fight with this movie enough to give it a high score. So I'll be a bit more liberal in like giving five star scores because I just don't really care. I just want to enjoy movies. I don't want to necessarily be critical about it. But then there's stuff like the exploitation angles and. Uh, in these movies that like i cannot actively ignore that like if i recommend these movies to someone like i did in this case to you uh i have to mention that stuff because it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah it's a part of it that i don't like but still yeah
0: yeah i mean like my my thing is that i really like character movies and i like things mm. that are that focus on psychology and growth and in human beings yeah. and and yeah. sort of humanist kind of things
1: are. I used to I used to be more like that
0: <laughs> yeah I mean but the thing but then but. the other part of it is that like i I'm also like definitely I mean I feel like anyone who likes movies is gonna say they're a visual person but I feel like like we have this connection in the sense that we both you know come from artistic backgrounds and, and yeah you know we I think we like i I think in in images you know I have a hard time sometimes even remembering names on podcasts and stuff yeah. i write them down because i'm like you know the guy like i want to like project the image of him into your head like i don't i never think of him soon, as the soon. name you know yeah exactly one day but you know so so then when i see a movie like this where like this has like literally it's like almost negative points of character development especially for a heroic trio.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So like that to me it's like it kind of loses me a little bit and as far as my attention but then like when they do something that's just visually striking, you know, if yeah. you can get the emotions across in in images and then, then you yeah. got you've got me back on board again like that that can get me you know i i love you know like i love surrealist films i love like ken russell who people hate oh, you yeah. know, everyone oh it's like yeah. nonsense or or it's grotesque and i'm like but he he's like telling you so much like he's he's so symbolic yeah
1: it's like visual storytelling uh that's just as much like for me it's like worth almost more like yeah uh, kind of funny um like last week, I did an intro for this uh, movie festival in Brussels, and I don't know if I told you about this, but apparently it was the French dub. I was doing a Dutch intro for, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the movie starts, and I know and I find out it's a French dub, and I'm like, okay, my French isn't too hot, um, but sure, whatever, and I just watched like a two-hour French movie and was like. <laughs> yeah i didn't like obviously i didn't understand everything but i get like visual storytelling and it wasn't too complex in that aspect so i was fine watching it right um so yeah like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah these were great i mean like i would i would recommend these for sure i mean i guess i i was i mean it was a bummer to see just how exploitive the the exploitation films were but um you know it's par for the course like you know again there is some really interesting moments of things and and there's enough that's visually so striking and cool that it was worth Mm -hmm. kind of wading through the other junk and i mean you know i like movies from the 70s and the 60s and this it's full of junk (laughs) and crap like that so
1: yeah especially it is. in I the mean, 70s i mean not just these movies but like the other episode talking about jerry Lewis movies oh, yeah. those are pro- those are problematic just the same so
0: yeah i mean like this was a very good uh matchup for my <laughs> crappy jerry Lewis movie <laughs> no i find those are fun They're, those also like you know it's the same thing it's like something hits you yeah. and and gets you in a weird way and and no one wants to yeah. talk about it like
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you're here
0: for me carlo
1: <laughs> same <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's just these movies like i felt they just do a good job of highlighting both uh like japanese and hong kong cinema which are still like the biggest in asia like at the height of their power uh like during an age where high concept cinema in particular started thriving which is a thing i'm very much all about um yeah like like Fern would say it's beautiful trash and i guess mileage will vary depending on how much you like trash <laughs> hey thanks for indulging me this time <laughs> and then i guess all that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and look to the skies